In Hebrews, the second chapter, we have a passage that I want to call your attention to. It is very important that we understand that Christ is superior and that he has been, as the first chapter states, that God at different times and in different manners had spoken unto the fathers by the prophets, but he has at the end of these days spoken unto us by his Son, by whom also he made the worlds, and it is through him that he has made all things. And he is the brightness of the glory, he's expressed image of God, and he upholds, all, he upholds all things by the power of his word, and he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, having purged our sins, or giving us the sacrifice that will purge our sins, and he has been announced to be better than angels, and the entire first chapter of the book of Hebrews state this much with seven passages of scripture quoted and exalting him above all things and one to be worshipped. And then the book continues to teach that we ought to give him priority, give him our allegiance, our attention. And then we're reminded in the second chapter, which is a theme that I want to follow this morning, after exalting him at the right hand of God, after emphasizing the fact that he has, his blood has been the sacrifice and the atonement for our sins, he now concludes that we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things that we have heard, lest at any time we should drift away from them or we should let them slip. For if the words spoken by angels were steadfast, and he is speaking of the times in the past that he mentioned in the first chapter, and if every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, the question is asked if that's the way God followed through in dealing with humanity under the first covenant, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? So great salvation. I want that to ring in your ears. How shall we escape? How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? That's a question that cannot be answered. But it takes us back to the time of the salvation. And it focuses on the salvation, the rest of that verse. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Now we need to know about that salvation. We need to understand if we're recipients of that salvation. 
if we're partakers of that salvation, if we are enjoying that salvation, if we are sharing that salvation with others, if we are proclaiming that salvation to the lost and the dying, because Jesus' last words to his disciples, having gone through the greatest miracle that has ever been demonstrated before the eyes of humanity, dying in the flesh, going into the grave, being raised in his life, being given back to him, and for 40 days showing himself alive by many signs and wonders and infallible things that things that you couldn't question. Jesus told his disciples to go to every creature. He said, go into all the world. He said, go preach this. What is it? Well, it's the good news. But it's salvation. And he put it so simple. He said, he didn't believe and said, baptized shall be saved. There's the salvation. These were the last words he said to humanity before he ascended back to heaven. Now the Hebrew writer says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Which at the first began to be spoken to the Lord and was confirmed unto, unto us by them that heard him. What? God, he began to be spoken first by the Lord. By that same time, at that same time of his appearing to them before he ascended, Luke writes it this way. He said, Thus it behoove Christ to suffer and rise from the dead the third day that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation which at the first was spoken to the Lord? What did he say, Jesus? He said, Thus it behooves the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead third day that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations. Remission of sins is salvation. How shall we escape if we neglect the this great salvation? We today have an obligation under the nearly six billion people upon the face of the earth our closeness, our reliance upon God Almighty and Jesus Christ as the King of the universe and the one who's died for humanity to take the good news to every creature. It was bespoken by the Lord. It was confirmed unto us by them that heard him by signs and wonders and different miracles according to the Holy Spirit. They've spoken to the Lord first it was confirmed by them that heard him. And it was confirmed by signs and wonders and divers miracles. Old Peter, on the day of Pentecost, he got up and, and for the first time he preached this great salvation. For the first time, the Jews were gathered from every nation under heaven, and he spake as the Holy Spirit gave him utterance, and he said, Ye men of Israel, this is the Jews to the Jew first and also to the Greeks. He said this, Jesus, whom ye crucified, 
whom you rejected, whom you did not believe in. He is raised and he's at the right hand of God. And he has shed forth this which you now see and hear. You know, he quoted passages of scripture from Joel. He said the thing that happened by Isaiah 2, by Micah 4, that the word of the Lord would go forth from Jerusalem, that was all fulfilled there. And at the conclusion, he made the assertion that they had by wicked hands crucified and slain the Lord of glory. They knew he, he knew they didn't know him. Had they done, had they known him, they wouldn't have crucified him. But it happened, and now he is asking them to believe that he's the God that gives salvation to humanity. When they were pricked to their hearts and when they were touched, they said, How sh what shall we do? He just said, man needs to turn away from his ways and his thoughts. He needs to quit thinking he knows all the answers. He needs to understand that this Jesus has the answer and he has the answer and it's a salvation to everybody. Not only to you Jews, but to the Gentiles, that those that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. He said, just repent, just change, and be baptized. And ye shall receive forgiveness of your sins, that's salvation. That's what Jesus preached at first. He preached at first when he was raised from the dead. He said, this is going to happen in Jerusalem, and that's where it's happening. In Jerusalem, it's a great salvation. We call it the Great Commission. It's not in the Bible as a Great Commission, but we call it the Great Commission because he, he was committed to be taken to every creature. And we're giving it the name, the Great Commission. And the Hebrew writer says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? If I ask for the hands of people this last week that shared this great salvation with someone, I'm afraid it'd be embarrassing. Or just the prayers, the hands of those who prayed that somebody could know about this great salvation. You and I have an obligation. We shouldn't neglect it. We shouldn't neglect the Great Commission. We shouldn't neglect telling it to others. You say, well, I just can't talk, and that's the preacher's job. That's true. We can do it. But I'm just saying how great it is. Great opportunity. Anybody can tell about living forever. Anybody can tell about going to be with Jesus throughout eternity. Anybody can uh, look at Jesus the last few days here on the earth where he turns through the law, the Psalms, and the prophets and says, this is exactly what I did for you when I was with you for three and a half years. Just showed you that I was the Christ that was in the Old Testament. 
And Peter, on the day of Pentecost, all he did was take the Old Testament and quote from it and said, this is what happens. Jesus is raised from the dead. He came, he's God. He came from God, and he's God's son. And he's back with God. And we need to accept him, and he wants to come in. He wants to give you scenes of refreshing from the presence of the Lord in the Acts 3, which is the same as the Holy Spirit in the first, in the second chapter. And you know, they put him in prison. They said, you quit teaching that. Yes, we, we gave him a hard time. You're going to bring this man's blood on, on, on us. Now I want you to stop it. Peter said, what are we supposed to obey you or God? Said, you be the judge. But said, in my name, under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. The name is the authority, the power, the strength, the answer to man's dilemma. And God just delivered them. He delivered them out of prison. He delivered them with an earthquake. God is still in control. They still was teaching. Not neglecting, but teaching. Well, you know, Paul was running interference. He was killing everybody that confessed Christ. But God spoke to him. At the death of a person who was preaching Christ, Paul stood by and held the clothes of those that stoned Stephen when Stephen was talking about that great salvation. And later he reflects on it with emotions that only he could describe regret and sorrow because it happened. But when he was converted, he, he went out preaching, and he had to go out to all nations. And he's the one that probably wrote Hebrews. If he didn't, it was God wrote it. It has a lot of things that he would say anyway. But the sermon he preached when he left Antioch and went into Galatia, he did the same thing that Peter did. In the 13th chapter of Acts, he just quotes the Old Testament, the Law, and the Psalms, and the Prophets. They see him back in the back, he and Barnabas, and they said, come on up if you have a word of exhortation. He got up and he did exactly what Jesus said to do. It started with Jesus when he was raised from the dead. He said, it behooved me to suffer and rise from the dead the third day that repentance and remission of sin should be preaching my name among all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem. And then it was confirmed. And it was confirmed by old Paul. And he preached three Sabbath days until the Jews ran him out of town. But he was preaching the great salvation. And many turned 
and believe. And it wasn't long until he went on down to Iconium and Lystra. And at Lystra, they, they thought they'd killed him. Important? Yeah. Don't neglect it. Why? We can't escape if we neglect it. We need to develop some convictions. Some convictions in the Great Commission. Some convictions in the words of Jesus. Some conviction that Jesus is powerful enough to take the gospel through us to people who are lost. And we need to tell it as if it's not a, a truth and not a lie. We need to know it. We need to understand it. And it isn't that difficult just to believe that he said, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. He went out to the Galatian brethren. He wrote them a letter after he'd been over there. And he said, don't you know that we're all children of God by faith? In Christ Jesus, well, they were fussing and feuding after they had been baptized into the great salvation. Some of those old Jews didn't want the Gentiles in there with them if they weren't circumcised. And they just lost, they just lost focus on the blood of the Lamb and upon the great salvation. And they got tied up in their little keeping of a circumcision that was given before the law. And they thought it was to keep the law. They were neglecting the great salvation. And sometimes we get tied up in little differences. And we get to hating brethren because they don't agree with us on this little thing and that little thing. It has nothing to do with the great salvation of deliverance from the bondage of sin into the body and the blood of Christ. They said we're all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Just as many of us, just as many of us, no few sure no more or no less as we're baptized into Jesus Christ we're baptized into his death and he quotes the great commission by Mark well same as Jesus said go into all the world and preach the gospel the death burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ he's at the right hand of God he's purged our sins it's by his blood that we're saved we are redeemed we'll live forever and ever tell people about it and he writes back to the paper, you're preaching another gospel. Don't add to, don't take from. Brother, we need to preach it. We need to understand that it has been repeated over and over. In the journeys, the apostle Paul and in the first 13 chapters of of uh, Peter, who's a dominant character, the last half, he, uh, Paul is. Well, there was a conversion on the day of Pentecost. There was one of the Ethiopian eunuchs. What did he do? He just believed Christ and he was baptized. He went on his way rejoicing. Cornelius and his household, 
He just said, we're gathered here to hear what's been preached, what God wants you to preach. What did you preach? He said, why, Jesus is the right hand of God. And he said, who can forbid water that these should be baptized as well as we at the beginning? And he did the same thing. And he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but we are all baptized into one body, into one body, according to 1 Corinthians 13, 12 and 13, uh, 13 and 12, is the church. So it puts them all in the same. That's the great salvation. He's head over all things to the church, which is the saved, which is the, his body. Now, we neglect to just simplify and show that not only those people in the first half of Acts did the same simplicity of obeying the gospel as the one in the last half. And old Paul, when he comes to the Cornelius, I mean, when he comes to the Philippian jailer, he just said, what do you do? He said, well, I just, just believe. Is that all he did? Well, somebody won't stop there. But say, the great salvation includes obedience to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And he said, no, he took him, saying, all right, now watch his trials and baptized. Did the same thing. Many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed, and were baptized for great salvation. Well, the people in Ephesus, what they did, they just confessed God after having obeyed the truth, and he baptized. There in Ephesus, he baptized people. They'd been baptized in in John's baptism, but he just takes and baptized in the name of Jesus. So they did the same thing all the way through. We need to understand that we don't need to neglect preaching and teaching the great salvation. There's no escape. And did you know the great salvation includes keeping saved? And you keep saved by the faith in the blood. His blood was shed in his death. His death we take part of when we were baptized into him. And then his death and his blood continues to cleanse us as we have faith and trust in him. And he, in Romans 12, says that. says, Know you not to him you yield yourself servants to obey his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. Well, he said, you can't be conformed to sin after you've been made part of the great salvation. You continue to trust in the invisible, the Jesus Christ, the one who fills your heart and fills your life, and you love one another. And he said, this is exactly the way that people tell that you're my disciples. You become the servant of those round about you. As Jesus took the towel and washed the feet, uh, we're to wash people's feet and we're to serve them and we're to help them and usher them into the everlasting kingdom. He said, this is the way people are going to know that you're a member of that great salvation and member of the body of Christ. You're going to be serving one another. Love one another. Helping one another. Sharing your salvation with others. If you're here this morning and you're not a part of this salvation, very simple. Jesus is pleading through me. But he's pleading through the apostles' words and through Christ's words, and it was first spoken by him. 
which began to be spoken by him. Now, when you're not receiving this, it's not that you turn me down. You're turning Christ down. You're not only turning Christ down, you're turning Paul down. You're turning Peter down. You're turning the miracles down that confirmed what they said was true. Now, Jesus knows that. He knows your thoughts. He knows whether you have believed and confessed and been baptized. He knows that. And his heart is broken if you don't come and allow him to shed upon you the salvation and the spirit of everlasting life. Now, you need to take part in this. There is no escape. You'll never escape if you neglect this. You'll never escape. There's just no escape. And let me urge you that this same book said... Don't forsake the assembling together as the manner of some men and helping each other as we come together. This was the, this is the appropriation. And this is the way we stay alive in sharing the gospel with others. Is there not someone that will respond to Jesus this morning? Are you willing to let your heart be changed by the blood of the Lamb. Are you willing to say, stubborn mind, get behind me. I want to give myself to Jesus. He's the one that first spoke this. He's the one that died to show me how much he loves me. He's the one that wants me to come. I'm coming to Jesus. And he'll add you to the church as we stand together and sing.